Do you want to talk about karma or the fundamental anxiety of being a human? Are they different? Well, they're kind of different, yeah. Should I choose? Okay. I, I know Andy's been writing a paper on karma, so I don't know, I don't want to subvert your... Um, no, but, um, this is a piece by um, David Lloyd to, about karma, which I really like. Uh, is everybody familiar with David Lloyd? We should invite David Lloyd, you know, because he, his wife's English and uh, they come to England now and again. Does everybody know about David Lloyd? No? Yeah. No. Okay. He's written lots of books. His big thing is, is how history is, is, is created by a, a sense of lack. And people with power, and they have a sense of lack in what they do to pull that lack and um, invade other countries and things. <laughs> so um, anyway, this is—he's just opened an eco, um, uh, an eco center in in the desert somewhere in America. It looks really interesting. You can go and spend time there and be eco, grow plants, and eat, drink oat milk, and. <laughs> I'll read it to you. It's quite interesting for me anyway. In most popular understanding, the law of karma and rebirth is a way to get a handle on how the world will treat us in the future, which also more immediately implies that we must accept our own causal responsibility for whatever is happening to us now. As a consequence of what we must have done earlier, this overlooks, in fact, the revolutionary significance of the Buddha's reinterpretation of karma. He then presents his understanding of the Buddha's reinterpretation of karma. Karma is better understood as the key to spiritual development. How our life situation can be transformed by transforming the motivations of our actions right now. So, how our life situation can be transformed by transforming the motivations of our actions right now. When we add to this the Buddhist teaching about not-self, which in contemporary terms is that one's sense of self is a mental construct yeah, the sense of self is a mental construct. Does that folk agree with that? Is that okay? Yeah. <laughs> the sense of self is a mental construct. If we take that into account, we can see the karma is not something the self has. Rather, karma is what the sense of self is. <coughs> And what the sense of self is changes according to one's conscious choices. I reconstruct myself by what I intentionally do. So he's saying that, as I understand it, that um, karma is not. Karma is responsible for the way that we experience the world now. But we're able to change the way that 
that we see the world by intentionally acting in a particular way. I reconstruct myself by what I intentionally do because my sense of self is a precipitate of habitual, habitual ways of thinking, feeling and acting. Just as my body is composed of the food I have eaten, so my character is composed of conscious choices. I am constructed by my consistent, repeated mental attitudes. People suffer or are rewarded for not what they have done, but for what they have become. And what we intentionally do is makes us is what makes us what we are. That's all pretty hard line, isn't it? <laughs> so we are the outcome of what we've done, our habitual patterns. And he then go, I don't know whether I think I may have seen this on people's walls embroidered. He says there's an anonymous verse which expresses this well. Sow a thought and reap a deed. Sow a deed and reap a habit. Sow a habit and reap a character. Sow a character and reap a destiny. That's, 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 that's Shakespearean, isn't it? Sow a thought and reap a, reap a deed. Sow a deed and reap a habit. Sow a habit and reap a character. So a character and reap a destiny. I find that a bit. <coughs> anyway. So what kind of thoughts do we need to sow? Buddhism traces back our dissatisfaction or dukkha to the three unwholesome roots of evil, i.e. greed, ill will and delusion. These problematical motivations need to be transformed into their positive counterparts. So, generosity, loving-kindness, and the wisdom that realises our interdependence with others. And then he says, Such an understanding of karma does not necessarily involve another life after physical death. As Spinoza expressed it, happiness is not the reward for virtue. Happiness is virtue itself. Does anybody want to comment on that? Happiness is not the outcome of virtue. Virtue is happiness itself. What does that mean? That means if you're good, you feel happy. Is that right? If you're virtuous, you feel happy. I don't know. I'm thinking of that bit of graffiti that's at the bottom of uh, Maryland Street over there. Yeah. Which says something like happiness is the. Uh, happiness is not a destination. It's not a destination. It's the journey. It's the journey. So, so what, what, uh, Happiness is the virtue itself of being a being. I have a problem with that already because it, 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 it's very kind of dualistic. It's good, bad, it's a judgmental thing. Well, what's good and bad? Well, virtue and, and the opposite. I mean, it's very kind of... It, to me, that falls into the dualistic trap. Does... Proposing the opposite of of greed, <coughs> anger, and ignorance as generosity, kindness, and wisdom is that dualistic then? No, I don't see that in the same way. But I mean, how do you find happiness anyway? I mean, that, that, that's 
No, he's not saying you find it. He's saying by the choices that you make, it will arise. I, I think he's saying that. But Andy, I, I mean, I hear what you're saying, but I, but um, to function in the world, we have to act realistically. And that sometimes means making a choice of one action over another. I just have a particular problem with that last quote from okay. Spinoza. Okay, that one from Spinoza. Happiness is not the reward for virtue. Happiness is virtue itself. I suppose it's saying, it's saying, you know, that, that Christian thing that you could be accused of being selfish if you're good because that guarantees you a, a heaven. And so you're not really being good because you're just being good to go to heaven. When, if I think about myself, yeah. when, I'm at, when I'm at my happiest, it's, just, it's when I'm my, at my, being like my most true to myself. And yeah. in those times, I am just naturally those things, without having to try or to think, oh, I've got to be good. Or, yeah. You know, I can't be bad because I don't. If I am being bad, I don't feel happy. Okay. Well, the $54,000 question should be more nowadays. It's not much, is it? <laughs> is how do you know when you're being true to yourself? It's a. It's more of a, it's a feeling. A feeling. Yeah. Okay. Feeling. It feels like some, some, some kind of harmony. Yeah. Inside. Yeah, it just feels right, maybe. Yeah. yeah, it feels right, yeah. Okay, you okay, but carry on then. Yeah. This. yeah. He says, We do not suffer for our sins, but we suffer by them. We do not suffer. We suffer not for our sins, but by them. What does that mean? Because if you sin, you feel you suffer. Oh, you, you suffer. Okay. To become a different kind of person is to experience the world in a different way. When your mind changes, the world changes. And when we respond differently to the world, the world responds differently to us. I think that's, that's fair enough, isn't it? Everybody's had that. When you're now seeing bad tempered. People are now seeing bad tempered back. Yeah. Okay. Insofar as we are actually not separate from the world, our ways of acting in it tend to involve feedback systems that incorporate other people. This is, see if you agree with this. People not only notice what we do, they notice why we do it. I may feel, I may fool people sometimes, yet over time, as the intentions behind my deeds become obvious, my character becomes revealed. Is everybody, is that true? Do you feel it for yourselves? Should I read it again? Yeah. Okay. <coughs> Insofar as we are actually not separate from the world, our ways of acting in it tend to involve feedback systems that incorporate other people. People not only notice what we do, they notice why we do it. I may fool people sometimes, yet over time, as the intentions behind my deeds become obvious, my character becomes revealed. 
think? Does that make you feel I, exposed? I think, I think that's true. You think it's true? Yeah. How does it make, how, how does it feel to feel that's the case? Do you feel a bit sheepish? <laughs> it depends what your intentions are. Okay. I, I get the sense not like people aren't really interested in, in me that much to to notice. To, to notice. <laughs> like, like, <maybe> <laughs> a, it's like it seems to be the big emphasis on that. In, I don't know. Maybe I just don't notice it, but I don't really feel like people are. Okay, let's take a straw poll. Not about you. Yeah. A straw poll. Do, do folk generally notice and kind of um, make inner notes, if you like, about how they feel about people over a long period of time? Do they come to a view, you know, that that person's a kind person, generally, or not kind person, whatever? Yeah. 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 And do you trust that view? It's like an essence of somebody feeling about somebody yeah. and okay. sometimes it's about what they do but it's also how they are with you I guess. Yeah. I, I mean I, I don't trust it completely. You don't trust it, it completely? No, because it can often be turned on its head or, or your, your your assumptions can be uh, challenged by what somebody says but, okay. but it's, it's as good as it gets really. I mean what else are you going to go on? It's often, it's often said, isn't it, like you're not going to remember what people actually say or the intricacies, but you remember the feeling that like you're left with when you're around somebody. To me, that, that rings. <coughs> what feeling comes up in you when, when I read that, though? Okay. You agree with it? Yeah, that it's true. I, I might fool myself, but don't I fool other people? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm also about. I can tell myself about about feeling myself, and and over time, I can tell myself I'm doing this because I'm trying to be good to that person. Mm. But over time, if that's not really true within myself, I begin to get irritated, agitated, feel bad, and it it just doesn't, doesn't, doesn't work. Do <laughs> okay. And do you think that other person starts to recognise that you're Yeah, the other person starts to recognise or you start causing harm to the other person in some way. Okay. How aware do you think folk are in work of that process? Do you think folk know that? Maybe over a very long period of time, but I don't... I don't think initially, no. Initially, yeah. Okay, he goes on then to say, <clears throat> the more I am motivated by greed, ill will and delusion, the more I need to manipulate the world to get what I want. And consequently, the more alienated I feel. And then he goes on and on and on saying, mutual distrust encourages both sides to be even more manipulative. However, if my actions are motivated, motivated by generosity, loving kindness and the wisdom of interdependence, the more I can relax and open to the world, the more I feel part of the world and genuinely connected with others. Thus, the less I will be inclined to use others and consequently, the more inclined they will be to trust me. In such a way, by transforming my own motivations, 
I transform my own life and those around me. It's all a bit Christian, isn't it? What do you think? I mean, I'm not denying it. I'm just don't think that's the way it works. You don't? No, no, I don't think so. I think if you make a willful decision to be good or whatever, yeah. um, there's always something selfish in it that you can't see yourself. But, you know, if, I think if you come to a place where this just man manifests, you know, where it yeah. comes, comes naturally, out of naturally, naturally yeah. it's different to what he's describing. Well, that's really interesting. So how do you arrive at this place where this arises naturally without making a conscious choice about the decisions you're going to make? Well, if you find out, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know why, you know, you know, in this practice, how yeah. you know, yeah. meditation is yeah. what's meditation is. Yeah. And, and I think pragmatically, I think all of us have, have experienced to some degree, if we've sat for long enough, how actually the world does feel nicer and easier and, and easier to be in, and how our preoccupations fall away and we see things in a different light. It does seem to work, I don't know how it works, but uh, it's maintaining that on a daily basis, which is quite difficult. Yeah. I think it also involves uh, increasing your self-awareness yeah. and looking at your dark, your shadow side yeah. and embracing it but like not not letting it uh, rule you, I don't know. Okay, well we've got, we're very lucky to have several therapists in this room. <laughs> <laughs> so what I want to ask you is, can you can you locate your own shadows, or do you need a second party? Sometimes need. But you reckon? Sorry. sorry. <coughs> I, I would say you need a second. You need party. a second party, yeah. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? I think partly. Partly. I think there are some I can locate myself, and some that are more blind spots. Blind spots. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I was thinking. Sometimes, you know, when we're, I'll hide because I don't want to do something. And then I'll be high, I'll no, not literally go under a desk, but I'll, I'll, I'll remove myself, you know, into a different space yeah. where I know, and I'll, I'll say to myself, what are you doing? You know what? So, so I, in that moment, there's this kind of recognition that, you know, I'm, I'm deluded because I've got this preconceived idea how this is going to turn out. And, I, and I'm acting in a way to protect myself. Well, from the possible outcome. Yeah, mm. that I think is going to happen. Okay. But then there is a point at which I actually almost speak to myself and go, what, yeah. what the hell are you doing? You know, and, and just go into whatever it is that's going to come. What's happening? Yeah. Thanks. Steph, your, your, your point is really interesting because Isn't 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 the only isn't the only not only benefit but isn't the possibility of impermanence which is you know which is given as one of the marks of about our existence isn't isn't that useful because it implies within it that we can change that we're not stuck in these habitual patterns we're not stuck in in our karmic history that we can make a decision to be different. 
I can't see the decision bit. <coughs> you know, okay. I don't know if, if, if it is a decision or if it is something that develops or happens. You know, I, I, I can't see that there's a willful thing in it. Yeah. <coughs> it's a really interesting discussion because how much can an act of will work? Yeah, That's I what mean, we're talking about, isn't it? Sorry, go on. Yeah, no, I, I was thinking how, you know, um, uh, for Jack Lacan, as a psychoanalyst, he says that the only crime we com can commit is to go against our own desire. Yeah. So in a sense, all the conditioning and everything is what prevents us from going there. Mm. So it's about, yeah, being true to oneself, but mm. yeah. So because it's a funny word, God, isn't it? And for, they, they, I think, like Andy was yeah. probably saying, they're funny words because they're kind of from, coming from a headspace and, and yeah. an intellectual definition of certain behaviours. Whereas yeah. if I'm being true to myself, I might act in a way that ultimately is for the best, but the people around me might not like it at all. Yeah. You know? So there's acting. But I might be happy. But if your happiness in, in, in involves creating suffering for other people... No, I don't create their suffering, they do. <laughs> so you like executing people? Well, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I'm just as an example. I don't think that we can... I, I do think people can, yeah. can act in bad way which causes other people to suffer which isn't their responsibility which isn't the sufferer's responsibility you know i mean that's then i would suggest that those people are not in alignment with their true okay essence. okay so we come back to that question is how do you how how do you make a decision that the way you wish to be is in line not only with your own kind of needs, but in line with a greater, uh, I can't use the word good, can I? <laughs> so the, the greater, the great life of your life. I'm just wondering if you, <clears throat> as well as looking at the shadows, that you also have some kind of compassion for yourself and yeah, yeah. <clears throat> a certain amount of love for yourself, mm. which I think affects the people around you. Mm. Um, <clears throat> you know, I work with young people, and the level of self-confidence is very often on the floor. Mm. And I kind of try to suggest that they may look at what they like about themselves. You know, they're lonely, they're bullied, they're all these kind of things. Suggesting, I actually say sometimes, you know, if you love yourself, it can make it easier for other people to love you. Sure. And what do you think about that? I'm not telling them, I'm yeah, suggesting yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Once again, it's um, a matter of the words that we use. Yeah. And to use the words good and bad uh, is very absolute and judgmental. Mm. <coughs> but perhaps a better way of looking at this might be to decide whether a person's behaviour is skillful or unskillful. Mm -hmm. yeah. Forget good and bad. Yeah. This yeah. is so, um, it's regarding karma as a kind of bank account. 
you keep paying money in and eventually you get some interest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I kind of like, you know, that, that question, how do I do, you know, that? How do you transform your life, basically? Yeah. yeah. Well, this is my, I, what I do, I, I pan my life over to, to Kanzi on, you know, okay. so, you know, that's, and, and let Kanzi on deal with that. Because I know that I won't be able to do it mm. by myself, you mm. know. So, because um, I just tie myself in knots, and, and so that's that's my kind of practice of the morning, you know. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Just to not rule out the possibility that karma may also include rebirth. He goes on to say, please note not to exclude other possibilities, including the mysterious possibility regarding the consequences of our motivations for the world we live in. Basically saying that if you're a bad person, you might end up being a snail. <laughs> no. His conclusion is, and maybe you can agree with him on this, rather we are encouraged to improve our spiritual lives and worldly situation both by addressing those circumstances which arise in our lives with generosity, loving kindness and non-dual wisdom. Generosity, loving kindness and non-dual wisdom. How did the jazz band start? We were still sitting. Really? Yeah. I can tell you the titles if you want. Well, it's in our joint karma. I'll ask you a question you can think of. Between the fundamental ambiguity of being a human being or the fundamental anxiety of being human this is the question what does it feel like to be a human in this ambiguous groundless state what does it feel like to be a human in this ambiguous groundless state of impermanence and no self in, in, in other words what does it feel like to be you <laughs> Interesting question, isn't it? What does it feel like to be you? Or what does it feel like to be me? It's reality that um, what you do is no significance in the cosmos. No significance? No. <laughs> so disappointing. Speak for yourself, Maurice. <laughs> 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 no, um, we, we are really minute organisms in a large universe and you could argue that what we do why we do it is a matter of total insignificance and we are insignificant 
Well, not nihilistic note. <laughs> you got the message. Okay. Let's let's jump in significance and relevant for hours. Thank you.